March I could see it coming like a, like a glacier towards me. Inevitable. I mean, you couldn't fight it. And it was in the springtime when you should be happy. I mean, you should be running like a free bird in the air. And about, I would say, it would begin roughly my worry and my fear, the gut ache of total fear would begin about the end of March and would slowly creep up. You know what it was? Tag Day. You never heard of Tag Day, have you? Yes, you've seen it. Anybody who's ever played in a high school band knows what Tag Day is. One of the great evils. Now, what is Tag Day? Well, I'll tell you what Tag Day is. Uh, in the springtime, see, uh, they have these big band concerts all over there. You know, not only concerts, but contests. In other words, the band will travel to uh, uh, Goshen, Indiana, to take part in the state contest. And then from Goshen, if you if you win uh, first place in the Class A band category, you move on to Indianapolis. And then, you know, you take on everybody. And then you win first place in that one, and then you go to the Nationals, which could very well be in Punxsutawney. Or, yeah, places like Salt Lake City. Well, this takes scratch. And so... Every spring, it would come on inevitably. About the middle of, uh, roughly the middle of, uh, or about the middle of March, it would start getting serious. And uh, Mr. Dirks, our band director, would stand up there in front of us, and we were having our rehearsals. Every every uh, night after school, we'd have a rehearsal from, from 3, 3.30 to 4. Oh, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I liked to play in the band. Every night from 3.30 to 5, something like that, we'd have a big... And, it, and the rehearsals would get more involved as we get closer and closer to the time when we're going to be playing before the big contest thing. Now, maybe you don't know how band contests work, how they even judge them. Well, I'll tell you. There's, there's three categories when you're playing in a band, at least uh, in, the, in the major contest, and it's this way. A selected piece. In other words, the band picks something that it itself wants to play in its performance in the contest. And uh, now this piece is usually selected from a great list that is submitted to band directors that they can choose from. And they have all degrees of difficulty. You can choose anyone. And by the way, this is also a national orchestra contest. So you can choose something really difficult like the, 
uh, Wagner's Entrance of the Gods into Valhalla, which is a fantastically tough piece for the wind instruments, you know, oh, wow, which we did one year, and I'll tell you, more guys got busted blood vessels and everything for playing it. All right. And, you, and you're judged on that, see? So you're judged by, by musicologists and, and critics who sit there and listen to see how well you do it. All right, then the second category is what they call required things. Now, what is a required thing? Well, a required thing is the band is given a list of required music. It's like the required figures in a, in a figure skating contest. You know, when you're an ice skater, they have what they call school figures. And a school figure is a figure that all people competing in ice skating have to perform. Then they can be judged, you see, by doing the same thing. So somebody does a double axle, and they, they come out, and the next guy does it, and they can judge him because they're doing the same thing. Well, that's the required piece. And then the sneakiest one of all is sight reading. That means, really, how good are you as a musician? You know, Can you really read music? <laughs> you know? Uh, and so the way that works is that after you have finished your required number, you're up there, you know, you play, so let's say you played the 1812 Overture, which we did one year, and oh, that's a, what a killer, oh, I love that, <laughs> you know, booming through that. There's a bass section in that thing that is the longest, uh, longest cadenza ever written for bass. And uh, it just goes on and on and it goes like 42 bars and the bases carried a whole lot. It's like, you know, it's like all of a sudden the guards in the football team are scoring a touchdown. And it's a great feeling if you're a guard. Well, uh, bases, <laughs> bases rarely are nothing but guys sitting in the back. They, you know, care. It provides the body of the music and all that. The bass is probably the most important, really, ultimately, the most important instrument of the whole sound of an orchestra. But it's rarely given credit. Well, I played string bass. I also played uh, sousaphone. And uh, we, we, we doubled. So the, the, the real test of a band is when they give you this thing with the, with the sight reading. Well, how does it work? Well, you played your, you played your, your required numbers, say. Okay. Now, your required number is the 1812 Overture. Now, you've been... That isn't required. Now, now, let's say that's your selected number, okay? That's the one you've, you've chosen to play. Now, they know that you've been rehearsing this for, you know, a whole year. You know, they, you knew you were coming to this contest, so you've been working on this thing for a whole year. Every night you play the 1812 Overture. You work over every section, and then you work it backwards and forwards. You work over each part until finally by the time you play it, you should be impeccable. Well, then you play the required one. Well, now, they can ask you of the required numbers to play one. In other words, you're not sure which one they're going to ask you about. So they will say, uh, would you uh, please, on the day, you, the day you're up on a stage, they pass a little slip up out of the list. They'll say, uh, uh, play uh, Entrance of the Gods in the Valhalla, Wagner, second movement. And they pass the music out. Well, uh, theoretically, you've worked on all these music. You see, this is, this is a test to see what your repertoire is like. And you finish that. And then hell breaks loose. You finished now the entrance of the gods of the Valhalla. Now you're really nervous because this is the one that is really the bummer. On every music stand is a sealed envelope. Nothing on it, just a, a white envelope with the name of the instrument written on it in pencil. You know, it says first chair bass, second chair bass. Or it'll say first trumpet, second trumpet. Just a part number written on it. A first French horn, second French horn. Second clarinet, third clarinet, timpani, 
It's all neatly sealed. And you sit on the stage. And there's a clock. Big clock. It's been brought in, and it hangs on the wall with a big sweep second hand. And at that point, uh, the judge, who is sitting down in the auditorium, you're only you're playing for about eight people, which makes it even worse. <laughs> and they're all sitting there with notebooks and looking mad. So the judge, he gives a signal to the conductor. He just waves his hand. He says, all right, now. And they press a button, and the clock starts to go. You can see the big second hand. And with that, Mr. Dirks turns, and he goes... He taps on the music stand, and everybody instantly opens the sheet. He opens this envelope that is in front of him, and now, for the first instant, we know what we're going to play. Now, what have they done to it? They have cut the name off the music. All it is is a sheet of music. They've, it's been, you know, a printed sheet, and they've clipped off the name. There's no way, in other words... Uh, it could be old Black Joe. It could be, uh, uh, you know, down by the old mill stream. But you have to be able to read it. You can't, you can't say, oh, yeah, I know that tune. Hey, hey it's down by the old mill stream, you guys. You know, you know what the hell this thing is. And Mr. Dirks then, he, op- he doesn't know either. See, he's the conductor. He's opened this thing up, and he's looking at his score now for the first time. And so he quickly, he quickly looks through it to see if there's, you know, anything that really looks like a real hang-up, like an unbelievable... Peckhorn solo in the middle of it all, see. <laughs> and then he turns, hey, bases, bases. Go down to number three in the coda. Look at that. That's a, that's a B flat. Hit it right on B flat. And uh, when I say retard, watch that retard there. Uh, trumpet, trumpet, look. Page two. The second, second measure, the second line on page two. Yeah, number 34. You got that? All of you. That, 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 that. Hit it. And we're given five minutes to read it. You can't play anything out loud. Five minutes, you can't talk. You sit there. Five minutes to read your music. Look at it. And you can run over the finger. You can't blow. You just run over the fingering and you're on, uh, like, faking it, you know, like just running your hands over the finger and you look at this thing. And Mr. Dirks is up there reading his. And that clock is ticking away, and they're watching. Four minutes and 27 seconds have gone by. Four minutes and 38 seconds have gone by. And Mr. Dirks is looking a little nervous, and I can see the sweat running down over his bald head. You can see the guys in the trumpet section starting to shift around, and they're setting their mouthpiece in. They're crouching down. We don't know what this thing even sounds like because, you know, in a big organization like an orchestra or a band, your part may sound nothing like the completed music. In other words, you may be playing the bass and it may go boom, boom, ba, ba, boom, 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 And there's no way for you to know what this whole thing sounds like. The trumpets may have one piece, one one long three or four or five measure section that just goes pop up, pop up, pop 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 pop. No way! <laughs> well, that's an exciting. I bet you've never heard anything like this, did you? You didn't know they did these things. And then, at exactly five minutes, 
They go, ah, a bell goes. That means it's all over. Let's hear it now. And Mr. Dirks stands up by the platform. And he, he, he pantomimes. He, he pantomimes to you the beat he's going to play. Like, one, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. And he motions. And boom, the band starts to play, see? <laughs> it roars out. <laughs> and theoretically, it should sound like this. I want to tell you that is a scary moment. The first measure of any sight-reading contest is one of the most tentative things you've ever heard in your life. It's like somebody walking over, attempting to wade a lake of quicksand. And he's trying to walk light and tiptoe, figures he can get over it if he tiptoes. <laughs> it's, and and one, this one year, we had this... Uh, if you look in this thing... Take, take a look at the take a look at the uh, the, that record and find in there this El Capitan. Well, one year, among our, our other things, we had picked we had picked as a, as a uh, selection, in other words, as a, as, a, as a thing we were going to do. We played El Capitan. Now uh, that's a very showy number, and by the way, a very difficult one. It's one of the most difficult of all of, of all the uh, standard traditional marches. Uh, every part in there is a real zinger. And so, on that day, they reversed the order on it, for some crazy reason, and we finished the required number, and then they asked us to play the sight-reading number. Well, we opened up the envelopes, and I couldn't believe it. The first 32 bars of my piece of music was rest. I had nothing to play. I looked at this thing, Turned the page, and there were a couple of notes on the other side, and then there was about 15 gigantic credenzas, you know, a lot of wild and vile credenzas and, and uh, cadenzas, and then there was, a, there was a couple of other bars of rest, but for the first 32 bars, nothing. Well, I, I saw a couple of other guys looking around, seeing the other sections there. I, you couldn't talk to them. Well, when the five-minute time was up and Dirks gave the, gave the downbeat, Wild. He just goes, he's got a funny look on his face. A real strange look. And he kept pantomiming to some section down there. I couldn't quite see who he was talking. Making funny faces. Because he couldn't talk to them. And so when the time came and he tapped his stick, he just was slow tapping. All right. The beat was going to be like this. Range beat. So you and he gave the downbeat. There wasn't a sound except one oboe played a high, thin, quavering, mournful obligato. And the 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 oboe started out with a long, high, thin. common luck, the piece of music they had selected for us had a 30-bar solo before anything else happened by the oboe. 
it so happened we had probably the best oboe player in the high school world, quite probably in the United States. In fact, that oboe player was so good, the girl, that she was playing with the Chicago Symphony as a 13 or 14-year-old. Incredible oboe player. In fact, she's still with them. And so, had they given any other section, <laughs> I mean, for example, had it been a peck horn, forget it. We, you know what a peck horn is, a French horn. We had French horns that sounded like a bunch of kids letting air out of balloons. Uh, we just never had a good peck horn section, but we had the best oboe section. And, and, and Ruth started to play that oboe. Oh, it was unbelievable. And I saw the, the judges. We could see them down there. The judges all of a sudden sat up and leaned forward. A fantastic moment. We were in before we even blew a note. I mean, the rest of the pads, uh, the archer, were just sitting back there, you know, and I'm counting out. One, two, three. Two, two, three. Three, two, three. You know, and I hear Ruth. She is filling that auditorium with music like you never heard. You could see the judges leaning forward. Like all of a sudden, in this high school band, or this high school orchestra, this would happen to be an orchestra, by the way, Isaac Stern. As a kid, had stood up and started to play, and leaning forward. Oh, Dirk! Dirk's our, our director. He's just beaming, you know. He's directing away there. And then at the end of thirty-two, you know, thirty-one, and I'm counting thirty-one, two, three, thirty-two, two, three, and my one note, boom, lay it out. My God, boy! Oh, listen, I want to tell you. You know that, that, that a piece of music where you have one or two very crucial notes is more difficult for a performer than a piece of music where you have many notes, often, and for a number of technical reasons. However, we, we just sailed through that, and Ruth is carrying over it, you know, that, that high, thin oboe. And then, after we finished that, that was the sight reading. We were just fantastic in the sight reading. You hear them. And here we are now. We're, it's a curious kind of letdown. And now we're about to play our selected number. And so Mr. Dirk turns and says, just as a, a demonstration of dynamics on the part of the band, we're about to play now El Capitan. And he turns around, back, 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 into the beat. And we roared out. And it's funny, you know, I know every note of this thing. You know, we've played this over and over so many times. So right now, even today, I know every note. The bass, boom, 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 boom.
<laughs> so you heard every bass note there. And uh, those things stick with you. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a very eerie situation when you, when you know one section, one piece of music, one section intimately. So about the middle of March, Dirks makes his dreaded announcement. Uh, well, uh, we just uh, received the uh, okay from the uh, school board. Uh, tag day this year will be uh, April 22nd. I want all of you to write it down in your notebook now because we're out. I want everybody out there, and anybody who is not at tag day had better have a very good excuse because, as you know, uh, already uh, we're way behind in funds because of what happened last year with the concert. As you know, only 12 tickets were sold. So now... Uh, we're going to have to really make this tag day go. It was always held on Saturday. The idea being that most people were off work Saturday. That is, you know, the people in this, this is a mill town. And so most of the guys were off work Saturday. And they were all walking around town shopping, you know, right down the middle of town, the whole big town. We'd stand up in front of the department stores, in front of the hardware stores, you know, and they, and they would assign you a corner so that the morning of tag day, oh, I would hate it. The whole week, I'm getting sicker and sicker, my God. About the middle of March, after Dirks makes the announcement, that sickness starts to fill in, you know, my gut. And I'd actually start getting sick, you know. I'd start, I'd start feeling rotten. Every time they mention it, oh, 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 my stomach, I don't know what's the matter. I feel rotten today. Well, of course, it was tag day coming up. Because I had gone through two of these things, and they were total hell. Well, Saturday finally arrives after about, you know, three days before I'm having hot flashes and falling down the stairs because I can't see... And I feel rotten, and I keep telling my mother, I don't know what's the matter, I can't go to school. She get out, it's tag day coming. And you know, I go staggering off, and they're getting all excited. So Friday night, the Friday night, we're having our big band rehearsal, and we finish with the with the El Capitan. You know, I, I get up, oh, whatever you got, put it on. So we finish playing, see. Ah, we're blowing. I'm feeling good, you know. Whenever I'm blowing, I'm feeling fine. So all of a sudden, right in the middle of the number, Dirk, all right, all right, all right, okay, all right, all right, all right. We only got five more minutes. Now it's tag day tomorrow. Oh, God, I forgot about it. <laughs> so it's tag day. Uh, Ernie, hey, Ernie, would you go back in the band room and bring out the bring out the cans, Ernie, and bring out the tags? I want them all distributed before tomorrow morning. And uh, all of you... Uh, all of you section heads, if you all of, are all prepared for transportation and everything tomorrow morning, I want all of you on the streets. Now, don't forget it. All of you on the streets, no later than 6.30 a.m. We want to get the people when they're coming in from work. We want to get them when they're going to work. We don't want to get them after they're through. We want to get them on their way. We want to start out at 6.30, and I want to see anybody leaving the streets until after Goldblatt's closes. Now, Goldblatt's closes at 9.30 on Saturday. So we don't want to leave the streets till 10 o'clock tomorrow night. I'll sit now. Bring out the tags. And they start passing around these. We had the, uh, our school color was a sickening color. I mean, you know, most school colors, but ours was unbelievably bad. We had purple and white. Now, there is no color that, that fades quicker than purple. Purple after, you, you, you got a purple sweater, you know, purple and white, purple scarf. After five minutes, you, ha you have a vaguely grayish-rose-colored scarf uh, with tattletale gray markings. And that's the purple and white. So I hated the sight of that purple and white. I wonder how many kids hate the sight of their school colors just because they're there. You know, they represent all kinds of stuff. 
So along comes the cans, big purple and white cans. They're, what they did, they'd get a whole lot of empty Dutch cleanser cans. And they got them from the Dutch cleanser company. I've always remembered the Dutch cleanser company with great affection because of that. Uh, the, you know, the cans, uh, like that. And they, they, they sent them a whole bunch of empty ones that were sealed. No, no Dutch cleanser in them, but they were sealed. And so with that, they would make slits in the top of them. And then the, the ladies of the PTA would cover the cans with purple and white crepe paper, you know, and stripes all the way around with a great big white and purple H on the side. And each one of us were given one of these little beauties. And in addition to that, each one of us was handed a great big wad of, of these tags, purple and white tags that says, I am a booster to Hammond High Band. Okay, it's a big tag with strings. Ah, oh, the tools, the tools of torture. At night, I go home with my can, my tags, and it's, you know, I know, because you just don't know, unless you've begged, you don't know how unbelievably humiliating it'd be. It, it, it just, it just, the, the looks you get, the comments you get, the feeling of standing out there with a can in your hand saying, hey, sir, please. Oh, I hate that. I am not a beggar. I just can't do it. Well, I had to do it. I mean, there was, a, there was, a, there was a, either, not either or. I mean, I just had to do it. So that night I'm sleeping. You know, I go to bed and I'm sleeping. Fitfully, I wake up in the morning and I can see those faces, those, uh, the, you know, the face of total disdain of the typical guy. Says, Get out of my way, you panhandler. <laughs> the, 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 the fish-eyed look of the lady who comes in. And then there's always one smart guy says, How's this, kid? And he drops a penny in a can, loudly. Give me a tag. Like, what? What? Ham and I bet all the noise you guys are... Get out of here. Oh. Fitful sleep. And finally, about quarter to four a.m., I fall into a doze. And without warning, it is suddenly six o'clock, and I am putting on my band uniform. You had to go out and wear your uniform. And we had a uniform that had, uh, it was kind of a mili <clears throat> military type, a little like the West Point uniform. You know, with the sharp jacket that had to cut in, and the uh, row, the, the converging row of brass buttons. And it was a, a purple, dark purple, but it did not have any white, thank God. No white trim on it. It was, a, it was purple with, with black and red trim. It was kind of a sharp uniform. But there was one thing wrong with it. It was made, this uniform was made of the scratchiest material. It was, it was like putting on a suit made out of carborundum paper. And now, again, I say that there are some people who don't notice scratchy wool. I've noticed some people can put on wool bathing suits. Nothing. I get itchy every time I think of wool. I hate it. I hate wool. I hate itchy. Ooh. So I put on my uniform. It's, it's, yeah, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. It's itchy. It's scratchy. And, I've got on, and yet we all had to wear this crisp white shirt. Absolutely crisp white shirt. That was absolute order. The black tie. The coat. The hat. Jazzy yes, hat. And it's 6.17 a.m. I step out on my street corner. I was standing near this dry goods store, the Beaumarsh dry goods store, and there's nothing. A couple of steel workers walking by, and I've got my can and my day of humiliation 
has begun. Steel worker walking along, a chew of tobacco in his trap, and I say, Excuse me, sir. Uh, you help, can I help the hammer high pants? <laughs> I'm not bad. And he looks at me, you want his hand? Excuse me, sir, ham and high back. Yeah, I weigh a splutch up. Anyway. And he goes back. All right, that's the first strike out. Now I'm and the temperature starts to go up. It turns out to be exactly 107 degrees in the shade by 9 o'clock in the morning. And I'm wearing my wool uniform. And the people are walking by. And every half hour, somebody puts a nickel in my can. And the humiliation is growing and growing and growing and growing. And by noon, I have given away only nine tags out of a possible 7,000. And by 6 o'clock that evening, I'm seeing nothing but a long, long, endless gray stream of faces with a faint, disdaining sneer showing from the purple and green and gray eyes that keep moving by. And 10 o'clock that night, it's all over. I hand in my can, and they had one merciful thing. Nobody's name was put on any can. Nobody knew how much any one single kid got. And so at the end of the day, I would hand in my dollar twenty-seven. After a day of standing in the shame and the heat. Oh, tag day. This is WOR New York. Stay tuned for In Conversation, you hear?